0: Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Wednesday, November the 30th, the end of the month already. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. Coming up, you can hear from the hairdresser who's training young people for free to ensure they have a future. As the cost of living crisis continues, we've been speaking to the food sharing project in Whitstable that's expanding, plus hear how veterans in Kent are helping out England's very own Harry Kane, but first, a Gillingham mum says she's struggling to get answers about a mystery condition which has left her daughter disabled. Hallie Spree was born in March 2019 and had surgery shortly afterwards to fix a defect in an artery. Since then, she's gone on to develop several issues and struggles to hold her own weight and get around. Her mum, Rachel Swaddling, has been telling the Kent Online podcast about Hallie and her struggle to get a diagnosis.
2: Hallie was hospitalised when she was 10 months old at Medway Hospital um, because she stopped breathing. She stopped breathing for about 65 seconds. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's a very, very long time. Um, So she was put on oxygen. um, She was kept in for two nights. And they just put it down to asthma. I said to the doctor, surely an infant shouldn't stop breathing just because of asthma. Um, And then when she was a year old, we finally, after me throwing a strop like a child i managed to get her a um an appointment with um the company called snapdragons um which are part of mch um and the children's services and we saw a consultant there and just by looking at hallie um he said she's got hypertonia and i was like what is that and they explained to me that it's about low muscle tone um, and how her muscles aren't building up along with her age. Um, so now she's three years old and she's still got the muscle of a one-year-old, so she can't actually hold her own weight. She can't weight there on her feet. She can't walk. And we still, to this day, as she's three and a half years of age, we still haven't had a diagnosis for exactly what is going on with her because hypotonia, although it's an issue... It's not a diagnosis. It's it's a symptom of something else. Um, so for us to have just that and the fact that she has asthma, but they can't diagnose her because she's under five years old. It, it's really challenging for me as a mum because I'm trying to support her and I'm trying to push forward with medical care for her. But without understanding what she has, I'm at a halt everyone explained to me how the Evelea Children's Hospital is such a good hospital and they take so much so care, so much care of you I don't feel like they have at all I feel like they have brushed my daughter under the carpet I feel like they have completely um, ignored like my intuition as a mother um, of trying to explain to them that she has other issues and it's not just a one-sided thing, Um, and I don't feel like they're trying to diagnose her. Um, I have asked so many questions, all the right questions, um, and I've had no answers back. I sent a very long-winded email. I have had no response from anybody. I understand that the NHS are in absolute turmoil at the moment. I get that, and with COVID as well... I understand. But children are meant to be a priority. Children are meant to be our future. So why why is no one rushing to help her? She struggles a lot. I'm her arms and her legs. Without me, my daughter would not be able to do much, bless her. Um, she can bum shuffle from A to B, but she gets very tired very quickly. She's not able to get into her own bed. So yeah, it's it's a struggle. I'm just going to keep going. I will keep pushing until I get answers. I'm not going to stop. It isn't for me. It's for my daughter. Yeah. You know, I would stop at absolutely nothing to get it done for my daughter, for her to be able to get the answers. For me to be able to help her, um, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. And I mean that in the nicest way possible.
0: Well, doctors say they're continuing to investigate and will work to support the family. This is what a spokesman for Evelina London Children's Hospital had to say.
3: Since Hallie's review by our specialist children's neurology team, numerous investigations have been undertaken. Hallie will now undergo more detailed investigations and see a specialist clinical genetics team to try to identify the root cause of her problems. We have made referrals to relevant paediatric specialists Specialists and therapists to provide the best management for Hallie's current symptoms resulting from her disability. We will also work with her local paediatric services to help support Hallie's family through this very difficult time.
0: Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a man's been arrested in connection with the deaths of at least 27 asylum seekers in the channel last November. A rubber dinghy sank as they tried to make the dangerous journey to Kent from France. 32 year old Harim Ahmed Abubakar. Was detained in Gloucestershire yesterday. He's the first suspect to be held in the UK following an investigation by the National Crime Agency. His skies, Martin Brunt.
3: They really believe, along with their French counterparts, that this man is a key figure and is wanted by the French and is likely to face a charge of manslaughter.
0: Meantime, almost 900 people tried to get to Kent by crossing the channel in small boats yesterday. The Ministry of Defence says 884 in 17 vessels were intercepted. That's an average of 52 people in each dinghy or kayak. 43,500 people have tried to make the dangerous journey so far this year. This is one of our most read stories today and a man who made off without paying for fuel at several petrol stations in Kent has avoided being sent to prison. Ricky Beanie also drove his BMW without insurance. The 36-year-old from Chapman's Close in cholock near Ashford has been told to do 200 hours of unpaid work and has been banned from driving for three years. A suspected burglar has been charged after thousands of pounds was stolen from a man who's dying of cancer in Ramsgate. Terry Price was saving the money to pay for his funeral, but it was taken during a break-in at his home on Leopold Street earlier this month. A 31-year-old man is due in court. Neighbours have also set up a Just Giving page which has raised more than £8,000. Council leaders across Kent have sent a letter to the government calling for more funding to avoid further cuts to services. Authorities say they're under huge financial pressure. They're warning things like CCTV, leisure centres, parks, street clean- and theatres could be under threat. Meantime, the amount we're paying for food is continuing to go up. Food inflation has hit a record high of 12.4%, according to figures released today. Overall, shop prices are 7.4% higher than a year ago. The stats are out as it's revealed a charity that helps feed people in Whitstable is expanding to help even more who are vulnerable. Food Friends works by connecting people who love to cook with a neighbour who's in need of a hot dinner and a chat. They've been given £13,000 by the Kent Community Foundation to start running in Canterbury and Faversham. Founder Anna Mantel has been speaking to Lucy. Here at
4: Food Friends, we run an innovative meal-sharing initiative. So we match um, volunteers who love to cook and are happy to deliver extra portions of their home-cooked food um, to a neighbour who'd benefit from you know, that delicious meal um, and the company in conversation comes with it. Um, and I'm sure you know everyone listening in today can remember a time when um, perhaps life was a bit rubbish or a bit tough and someone brought around something amazing like a massive slab of cake or a delicious homemade soup um, and how that made you feel you know it was like that person saying um, I'm here for you and I'm thinking about you and sharing food you know it's I guess it's an original act of kindness, isn't it? We all know how great it feels to receive, but we also know how great it feels to give. Um, and that's exactly what lies at the heart of the Food Friends model.
5: And I understand it was set up in 2019. Is that right? So relatively yes. recently, but obviously yeah, since yes. then, there has been a lot going on. We've had a pandemic. Now we're in a cost of living crisis. I mean, I, I imagine the demand for, for this kind of charity is only growing
4: yes no indeed and and since we began in 2019 and um, you know we've diversified over that time to support the needs of the communities in which we're working so during the pandemic we kind of also pivoted the delivery of our meal sharing initiative so as well as volunteers delivering extra portions of their home cooked food to neighbours they're matched with uh, we also ran an upscale project with an amazing um, local CIC called the Umbrella Cafe um, and we then created and cooked up um, you know thousands of meals that were then delivered to families, pushed into um, food food insecurity and um, disconnection because the kids weren't at school. Um, and then since the lockdowns, um, we've been increasingly busier over time. We always have a really, you know, large, significant waiting list um, of lovely people in our community who would really like to receive meals from a volunteer.
5: And what about the other side of it? Do you have a lot of people offering their help as well? People who are cooking meals, perhaps their family or just have a, a spare portion that they want to share?
4: Yeah. So the really beautiful thing about Food Friends is, you know, the volunteering opportunity, it's simple, it's uniquely rewarding, it's built on people's love of food and its ability to connect those in a community who would otherwise, you know, never cross paths. So uh, the idea is that it's a volunteering opportunity for people with busy lives. So uh, we have a real diverse group of volunteers so our youngest volunteer at the moment she's 21 and our eldest is 80 uh, so the idea is if you love to cook um, you know and you have that spare portion no matter what you do um, it can fit in with your life and you can connect you know have the privilege of connecting with someone
1: else in your community
5: what kind of difference does it make for people who receive that meal because as you said it's not just about the food is it it's knowing that someone cares
4: yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, a meal is far more than um, like the ingredients on the plate. It's it's nourishment beyond nutrition because it brings that kindness and connection. So for some, you know, the meal is the beauty in it. And actually having that home cooked meal, maybe something that someone couldn't create themselves is really special and delivered with that kindness as well. And the connection Um will make all the difference and and food friendships you know they grow and they flourish over time we've got people that have now been cooking for someone for, for almost three years you know people have like made sustainable fantastic connections within our community and that's what it's all about really it's not far more than the meal it's about creating these links within our community so that everyone can feel kind of valued visible and supported
5: and of course you've already been helping a lot of people in Whitstable I think it was 4,000 meals isn't it that you've given out yeah, yeah, over that yeah. time um, and how pleased are you to be able to expand into other areas of Kent
4: yeah it's fantastic it's really exciting time so um We're kind of expanding our catchment in the Canterbury district, so into Canterbury and Herne Bay, as well as Whitstable. And we now have the Food Friends set up in Faversham, which is doing fantastically well. Um, And we're really excited to be able to support other communities to meal share. Um, Because, you know, meal sharing, it's not commonly done, actually, um, across the country. Um, So we really believe that every community should have the opportunity um, to share meals in this way and form meaningful connections.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A 14-year-old's been treated in hospital after being attacked by a dog in Gillingham. The schoolgirl said to have been bitten on the leg as she walked through Great Lines Heritage Park on Monday. Her dad says he's angry the dog's owner didn't stop to help her. Police are looking into what happened. A school's trip to the Panto in Canterbury this Christmas is in doubt because of rail strikes. Pupils at St Joseph's Catholic Primary in Aylsham are due to go and see Sleeping Beauty at the Marlowe Theatre on December the 13th, but services are likely to be disrupted after the RMT announced industrial action that day. It's thought it'll cost as much as £1,000 to transport the youngsters by coach instead. They've launched a fundraising page online. You can find a link within the story at Kent Online. There's been further disruption at universities in Kent today because of strike action by lecturers. It follows two days of walkouts last week and a dispute over pay and conditions. Lessons at the uni of kent and canterbury Christchurch were affected now a hosepipe ban that's been in force across most of kent since the summer has been lifted southeast water brought in restrictions during the drought to try and ease pressure amid high demand for supplies we're told resources have steadily recovered thanks to heavy rain over the past two months now next today on the podcast and a kent hairdresser is launching a free training academy to help young people get a job amid the cost of living crisis. Sarah Aon McKay is teaching youngsters at her salon in Chatham. She's trying to raise £5,000 via GoFundMe to help expand and cover the cost of it all. But she says it's a chance to help youngsters be more creative and has been explaining more to Ish. I've
6: been working with a lot of the local schools taking in work experience uh, girls. Um, I've always really loved teaching. So having the opportunity to work with the younger people coming through has sort of proved to me that they get something from it. Um, So I started the GoFundMe because I've had such a lot of girls come through. I need more space and I need more equipment so that I can teach them more and better. Um, I've recently teamed up with Sunshine Training. They provide all the coursework that I need so that Because the education system, in my mind, isn't quite where it should be. College isn't quite where it should be. Um, And it's not a one size fits all. So there's lots of people that come to me that college and school, it just doesn't work for them. Um, But I can provide them with creative skills and um, hopefully make it a little bit more interesting in still a quiet environment. Um, so, yeah, the GoFundMe is really so that I will be able to reach more young people um, without having to pass the costs on to them for the courses, if that makes sense.
3: Obviously, being in this industry, how challenging is it to break into?
6: It, it very much depends on your mindset in the first place, like anything. Um, I think it is trickier. I mean, Amy, that you'll speak to in, in a little bit, she did her level two at college, which is quite easy and straightforward to get into. But it's very, very basic training. So once you've finished at college and you try and get into a salon, lots of salons will say they'll need to retrain you or you don't have enough experience. So it's then difficult to get work in. So, which is why I also want to bridge the gap um, and be able to bring them up to speed, which is what I'm doing with Amy, so that she can get on with the career that she's chosen.
3: Why is it so important that you want to support Young people, Um, where's that passion driven from?
6: A couple of places. Um, My own teenage was a little bit misspent, and if it hadn't have been for a very stubborn mum and finding hairdressing, um, I'm fearful maybe of where I perhaps would have ended up. Um, So I feel very, very lucky that I had those opportunities and it kind of almost saved me. and also my own teenage daughter and uh, some of her friends have had a bit of a rough time and I've worked very closely trying to bring her through that. Um, so it's given me a lot of experience to, you know, I feel like I can relate and, and on a lot of levels with the younger people if they're having a bit of a tough time.
3: You touched on it earlier about the financial costs. Um, why is the that access, accessibility... Um, factor so important to you um you know providing that platform and uh, and you're doing you'll be doing it for free if i'm not mistaken
6: yeah well that's that is the aim um, obviously colleges you know you're not paying for that education and which is ideal if you want to learn something um, i obviously have costs to be able to to train in here um, i need to pay for the coursework that through sunshine training i have to you know i have to pay for that material for them Um, so there are, there are costs, but younger people aren't in that position to be, you know, paying out a couple of thousand pounds for a course. So if I can fund as much of it as I can, or I can provide my time for free and just pay for the costs of, you know, colours and practice blocks and whatever, then it's going to be beneficial to
0: them. 17-year-old Amy Cooper Partridge completed a hairdressing course at college, but almost gave up as she didn't feel she was taught enough. She's now feeling a lot more confident to find work after getting help from Sarah.
1: So obviously I did my level two in college. and Then after I left that, I still felt like I have no clue what I'm doing. So obviously after you finish level two, you go into a salon, they expect you to just obviously know how to do, like, haircuts, blow dries, and I just left, felt like I didn't really know nothing. So, obviously, I came to Sarah, and she just helped so much, and I just learned, even in a week, I learned more here than I did in college.
3: Uh, I mean, that, did it feel quite daunting coming out of college and then, you know, trying yeah. to obviously work, and not? I guess you didn't expect to have to do as much as you did?
1: No, yeah, exactly. So I left college thinking I can just go into a salon, know what I'm doing and not. And I'm obviously so grateful that I've got Sarah because I would not be where I'm at now.
3: Working with Sarah now, what's that been like? Just to, just to expand on what you were saying, you know, what are some of the things that you've been able to learn? And um, obviously, I, I guess quite quickly as well.
1: So obviously I've learned um, long graduation, layers, pretty much mostly everything. It's just now just practising and just obviously getting more clients in and just practising and practising now. So it's just like, when you know the basic, it's quite not easy, but it's easier to get going, if that makes sense. College days stress you about it and make you overthink so much. When I came here, it's obviously you can't When Sarah, she understands, she doesn't rush you. If it's like overwhelming, stressing you out, she's like, just stop, take a break and just obviously carry on when you feel like it. You
3: had... Um... Sarah, um, sort of talk about her vision and what, what, what do you make of, of her um, plans to obviously help um, a lot more people like yourself? I think
1: it's brilliant because there's not a lot of people like Sarah that were doing this. It's like, like say, when you leave college, salons, they just suspect you. No one, no one wants to teach and help anymore, really. They just suspect you to go into a salon and just do it. That was my struggle, leaving college. I couldn't find no one if that makes sense. So normally when you just go into a salon, they just want you to clean and just, obviously I understand you've got to do that anyway, but they just want you to clean and just tidy up. But with Sarah, she actually helps you get to learn. Kent Online reports.
0: Two more units in a shopping centre in Maidstone have been put up for sale. The Royal Star Arcade has seen several businesses close over the past year, with some blaming the cost of living crisis. It's quite a theme today in the podcast. Well, a beauty clinic is the latest to shut, while an already empty store is being advertised to let. The future of a controversial leisure and housing development in Hythe could be decided later. Work on Prince's Parade was recently paused after it was revealed it wouldn't come in on budget. Now campaigners are calling for it to be scrapped altogether. Spiraling costs have been blamed on rising energy prices and unstable financial markets. Follow Kent Online on socials today to see what a new rooftop restaurant in Herne Bay could eventually look like. The people behind the plans for the bay on Central Parade say it'll have a bar, outdoor seating, and sea views. A full planning application hasn't been submitted yet, but bosses reckon it could be open by the spring. It's been revealed how a two-mile stretch of road in Sittingbourne, meantime, has seen eight pubs close in just a few years. They used to be based on High Street, West Street, East Street, Canterbury Road and Bapchild. Nationally, stats show that in the three months to the end of September this year, 150 pubs were either demolished or converted into other businesses, while 200 pubs closed for good during the first half of 2022. Well, if you head to Kent Online today, you can read about the history of those that have shut their doors in Sittingbourne and off the back of England's World Cup win last night the Kent Online podcast has been hearing how Harry Kane's been helping veterans right here in the county the England captains commissioned Royal British Legion Industries Factory in Aylesford to create products for his online shop which raises funds for his foundation during the cost of living crisis the football star is hiring veterans and people with disabilities to work on the merchandise Michelle Ferguson is a factory director and has been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV.
7: It's really vitally important for us. Um, At Britain's Bravest Manufacturing Company, we employ veterans and other people with disabilities. So getting new product launches helps us employ more people. And especially at this time of year, where people with mental health problems, PTSD, face really challenging times and Harry Kane is really passionate about helping people, especially young males with mental health issues. So that you joining together of an organisation like Britain's Bravest Manufacturing Company who employ veterans who've been most disadvantaged because of either injuries or because of their service and do face problems with their mental health, it just brings it all together. And Seeing the guys make the hurricane face masks and the coasters and the posters and the calendars. It brings a bit of joy in their life. I, I think especially now we're during World Cup season so they feel part of it. They feel part of something bigger, that pride to be part of supporting England, our captain, and then manufacturing something that's going out into people's homes and they get joy from. Falklands
0: veteran, Steve Hammond, works at the RBLI factory.
8: I joined the 1st Battalion Welsh Guards in 1977 uh, after playing football as a professional for Shrewsbury Town. I um, In 1982, changed my life completely. I was <laughs> on the Seagal Had when it got in the Falklands. Uh, I tried to carry on the best I could in 1989. I had to leave the army, two, two children, a wife, a suitcase, back to Shropshire. had hard times, tried to commit suicide and that's where the Royal British Legion Industries got to know about it. Brought me down here, they said there's a house for the family, get to see an orthopaedic surgeon and there's a job when, I've, uh, when I'm fully fit, so 24 years down the line I'm, I'm still here. So if it wasn't for the Royal British Legion Industries, I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for the Royal British Legion Industries, I wouldn't be here today. So I, I've got an enormous uh, debt to pay to them really, because they've looked after me. We've got Gurkhas in the factory. I had one day left of their tour. One stood on an IED, changed their lives completely. They've got no legs, uh, head injuries. So to have Harry Kane as our ambassador, is is wonderful.
0: And you can head to the KMTV pages of Kent Online to watch that report in full.
8: Kent Online
0: Sports. Football first, and could an American property tycoon be about to take over at Gillingham? Brad Gallinson is a businessman based in Florida, and what's known as a registration of a charge over Priestfield Stadium has been filed under his name with Companies House. So what exactly does that mean? All sounds a little bit confusing. Well, here to explain it is our business editor, Chris Britcher.
3: Well, according to documents filed to Companies House, the League Two club has agreed to pass the ownership of Priestfield to Brad Gallinson. Mr Gallinson is managing partner of a Florida-based real estate fund with some $2 billion worth of assets. In the documents, Priestfield will be taken over by the property tycoon in exchange for what, publicly at least, is an unspecified investment. The 11500 capacity stadium has traditionally been the club's major asset – and its transfer is significant. We don't know yet the full details of what this deal involves, but it is very much a case of watch this space.
0: Chris, thanks ever so much. You might remember owner Paul Scally stepped back from his role as chairman at Gillingham earlier this season, and a man called Paul Fisher has been overseeing matters at the club. On the pitch, the Jills have been struggling in League Two. They're currently in the relegation zone. They also face a replay to get through to the third round of the FA Cup, but that could be pretty lucrative if they do make it, as they would play. Premier League side Leicester City at home. Elsewhere in sport, most of England's cricketers have been too ill to train ahead of their first test in Pakistan. Kent Zach Crawley was one of only five players well enough to attend the session this morning. The outbreak is not thought to be COVID-related, but it's unclear what team they'll put out for tomorrow's match. Staying with cricket and Kent will play Northamptonshire at Canterbury in their first game of the county championship next season. The 2023 fixtures are out. They're T20 campaign will also get underway at home against Gloucestershire. Head to Kent Online to see the details in full. And Kent tennis star Emma Rajikanu has met the King to pick up her MBE. The British number 1 from Orpington says she's extremely grateful for the honour awarded after her US Open victory last year at the age of just 18. She went to the ceremony at Windsor Castle yesterday with her dad, Ian. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get an update of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone offering a range of new and approved used cars including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.